This is Cami, And this is Madeline. And you're listening to the Communities That Convert podcast. Episode number 28. Brands are people too. They sure are. Welcome to the Communities That Convert podcast with Madeline Sklar and Cami Hoiza. In this podcast, you will learn how to build a tribe of raving fans. You will hear tips, ideas, and advice you can use right now on how to grow your own community and provide value that inspires them to take action. Are you ready to get started? This episode is brought to you by the Communities That Convert Facebook group. Come join us in our private group because it's the place where we continue the conversation from here. All you have to do is go to Facebook and look up Communities That Convert and look for the groups, or you can go directly there at facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash Communities That Convert. And be sure to use our secret word, action. Yeah, action. going to talk about how you can humanize your brand on social media. So Madeline, what if you're using a logo as your avatar? You know, like a lot of brands do, they put their logo as their avatar, not a person. How do they get to humanize themselves if they have a big logo as a brand? Yeah, there are different ways you can do that. Something that I see on Twitter all the time is for them to sign it with their name or initials. And that is a nice way to humanize it. Because you'll have multiple people using that account, like Buffer is a great example, at Buffer on Twitter, they will each sign their name. And that is is nice. You know who you're talking to. Yeah, we do that for a couple of our clients too. And I think that does help. I mean, people want to talk to people, even if you have no choice about the logo. So I know a lot of people that are community managers for brands, there's no choice. You have to use the logo because they're branding that particular kind of thing. Even if you're not a big brand, like say a Nike or a big, huge brand, you're still going to have the requirement that you use this logo. There's a lot of ways that brands are really starting to use user generated content, for example, where they ask their followers to give them content and then they share that out. In fact, we're recording this right around Super Bowl time. And that happened at the Super Bowl. Can you talk a little bit? You saw that commercial. Tell us about that commercial. I did. Kraft did this really cool commercial where they took photos and videos from people that submitted. So it's user-generated content. Now, what I didn't realize until after the Super Bowl is that they were doing this in real time. They basically said, okay, day of Super Bowl, start submitting this. And they did it all the way up into the evening when the advertisement aired. And how amazing, like people didn't know they were going to be in this commercial unless they saw themselves in the commercial with millions of people watching the Super Bowl, Kimmy, isn't that like unbelievable? Yeah, I think that's really exciting too for everybody that was watching, anybody who put in any kind of content. They were eagerly anticipating that commercial. So you had a lot of people just really watching that. And what I loved is this was part of a bigger campaign that Kraft is doing around the idea that there's a lot of pressure right now on families to feel like they do everything perfectly. And so they're trying to put together this campaign that says, you know, you don't have to do it all perfectly. And their way of showing that was by doing their Super Bowl ad not perfectly. And everybody knows that that's a really expensive ad space, right? So most of the time they produce those ads for months and months and months ahead and really do it all very perfectly. But Kraft wanted to say, no, we're really committed to showing that, you know, you can family any way that you want to, you know, you don't have to be perfect. And 
So I really love that they kind of matched what they were trying to talk about with their brand with the humanizing aspect of what their users had to say, you know, or the people that use their brand. So I really love that. I thought that was a really great example exactly of what we're trying to talk about here today. Yeah, I think this is a trend we're going to start seeing more, you know, humanizing your brand out to your community. After watching the craft commercial, it makes me want to be part of that community now of all these people, because at the end of the day, it's people. Doesn't matter what your brand is, who it is, it all revolves around people. And doesn't it make you like them more a little bit? Yes, for sure. Me too, for sure. And that's kind of leads me to my second thing that I wanted to talk about today, which is why do people associate like this with brands? And I was in a um, marketing and branding class once and the professor told us the way that you know a brand is universally loved and has really hit their mark is when people start to tattoo the brand on their body. And he brought up the example of Harley Davidson. And of course, later on, Apple came around and became huge on that too. And a lot of people tattoo Apple or put it on the back of their car. There's Nike, there's the just do it sign. And I will have to tell you that my co-host Madeline has the words just do it branded on her arm. And it's so funny because, you know, just do it to me is a mantra, like just do it. You know, it had nothing to do with Nike for me personally, but I have to tell you, Cammie, when people see my tattoo, they bring up the name Nike all the time which really shows you how well they branded that phrase, right? So I think that's really interesting. But you bring up a good point about the whole tattooing thing. And I did not know this until you told me about it today and what you're talking about right now. My Go Girls music community that I ran for 20 years, I do have my organization logo tattooed, four different tattoos I have that are specifically my Go Girls music. And what's interesting is that I have over 30 people, part of that community that got a Go Girls Music tattoo, if you can believe that. So it really shows you the power of community. I don't think you could get more out of a community member than someone tattooing the brand on their body. I don't think so either. Not that that's what we're looking for. I mean, if you guys want to tattoo communities that convert on your body, we'll send you over a (laughs) uh, JPEG King logo. I'll make sure it's, it's headed your way. But the truth is, is that that feeling that people get to of association, of connection, um, we're going to talk about communities and and how that works inside of your brain in just a minute. But that to me is the, the most interesting thing is how do you connect with people in such a way that they really see themselves as a integral part of your community? So much so that, for example, they tattoo them, the brand on themselves, but really that's the kind of connection that you're looking for. So along with that, you know, we've heard, you know, I'm friends with this brand or I'm friends with that brand. I always find that really kind of funny because you're like friends with people, right? Not brands. Exactly. Because it is, they're people, (laughs) they're people behind the brands. But that, yeah, that's a great point though. When you say it like that. Yeah. So that's why I said at the beginning that brands are people too, because every minute, you know, brands are people behind the brand. Um, In fact, when people ask me, what's the difference between dealing with you know, B2B or business to business kind of communication versus business to consumer is that, you know, brands are people too. The people that make the decision of the brand are also people. So you do have to deal at the people level when you're dealing with social media. So there's two sides to that, of course, the brands becoming quote unquote friends with people and on the follower side or the fan side, 
the fans becoming friends with the brand. And so how does that happen? I'd like to talk a little bit about um, how brands can do that first, and then maybe talk a little bit about how followers can do that. What do you think? Well, you know, we're really big with social media. And, you know, let's, let's use Twitter as an example. I mean, when you're talking to a big brand, let's say Coca-Cola, for example, when you're tweeting Coca-Cola, you're talking to someone that works there or someone that works for their marketing firm that, that runs, you know, somebody's running that. And you're just literally talking to a person. So you're having a connection with a person that's associated with the brand. But I think for most of us, it feels so larger than life. And it seems like that can get in the way in the conversation, don't you think? It's like, yeah, I do. It feels like, you know, you're just kind of tweeting at the big wall. But the truth is, is there's a person looking at that. And honestly, most of the time, they're going to go by most of your comments, because they get a lot of comments all day. And So yours kind of has to stand out in some way for them to actually connect with you, I think. And that's, you know, tricky. It doesn't always work. I mean, there's this great story from last year where a kid basically tweeted to get chicken nuggets to Wendy's Wendy's. to get chicken nuggets for a year or I don't I think for life, he said, how many retweets to get chicken nuggets for life or something like that. And for whatever reason, the person behind the Twitter channel at that moment just sarcastically tweeted back like 18 million, something totally out of the reach of this particular kid who had, I don't know, a couple hundred followers at the time. Today, he's got a few more. And um, I'm not sure exactly how it happened from there, but that interaction was caught by other people and then amplified. And guess what? At the end of the day, he had 18 million and plus more retweets. And so he said, you know, consider it done. (laughs) I know. I I love that. It's like so ballsy. Like, consider it done with his few hundred followers. (laughs) So it was really awesome. And then another one that just happened actually really caught my eye because I am a Girl Scout troop leader. But also over the weekend, there was a girl who tweeted to the Milwaukee Brewers and told them that she'd been to 100 of their games. And she just really wanted to have them buy some Girl Scout cookies from her. And really interestingly, this year, the Girl Scout organization has a new app where you can buy cookies online from your favorite Girl Scout. And so she really used that and she gave them the link. And it ended up that the players from the Milwaukee Brewers were kind of moved by that entrepreneurial move, that ballsy move yet again. And they bought like a hundred boxes of Girl Scout cookies from her. That is so cool. I mean, that's the power of social media right there. Yeah. They just said, hey, there's this great girl and we want to like support her. She's come out to support us she comes to our games. I mean, you know, it was like suddenly humanized. You know, it wasn't just these players on the other side of the ivory tower. It was like a brand, the brewer's brand coming down and connecting with the players. So from the follower side, you know, again, there's two examples right there of people that just reached out to a brand in a non-pretentious way, or maybe, maybe pretentious in some ways, depends on how you want to look at it, but just started talking to them and expressing their passion for the brand. Exactly. I I love these examples. I mean, it really shows you this true power. I love it. Yeah. So that's sort of how you can become a friend to a brand or a brand can become a friend to the public, if you will. And some people might be listening to this thinking, well, I'm no big, huge brand. And I'm like, you know, a smaller community or a smaller group. But the truth is, is that you can have these genuine, delightful interactions with your fans, because they're your customers, or they're the people that you serve in your community. And that delight, I think, is the key, right? 
creating delight, I think is part of the thing that I think is the magic of social media. Would you agree? I totally agree. And you know, for the big brands with their millions and millions of followers, you know, for us to get to that level, you know, what are the odds of us, you know, coming up with millions of followers? I mean, you really bring in a great point here that for us smaller businesses is always the connection, always. And so look, we all start at zero when we're building our community and you could have a hundred of the most amazing people following your brand, being part of your community. And that's enough at this moment, you know, and you just keep building your brand and keep getting more people on board and part of this. And it becomes this great journey, but it's always about connections and between people. You know, there's a human to human we hear about. I think Brian Kramer is the one behind that human to human. And so, you know, B2B, B2C is really H to H, human to human. Human to human. And also just adding value to what you're doing out there. So not like trying to sell something or trying to be something that you're not, but just truly adding value as a brand to the community or as a community member back to the brand. How do you add value to the conversation and have fun with it? I mean, really, in the end of the day, having fun is part of it too. Yeah. And you can have fun with social media in doing this. Yeah, it is. And so I'm going to get really brainy here for you uh, real quick, because part of what I'm really fascinated about is by the brain science of all of this and how like communities connect and how people connect and why they do and why it's so important. And really, our brains are wired for connection. They've grown to a size to accommodate our social network. So the bigger our brains, the bigger the social network, basically, that you can get to kind of put it in layman's terms. So one of the things that I find really interesting is that a lot of the early founders of social media are starting to worry a little bit about us manipulating that, you know, manipulating that brain science thing. So they've come up with this new thing called the Center for Humane Technology, and they're really trying to talk to developers of technology and say, hey, you should have some built in safeguards against like addiction and things like that for social media. And I think as community managers, I want us also to be aware of that, that this really also has to be for the common good. You know, it really has to be about the common good rather than manipulating people to get them to do what we want them to do. I think that that's something that we're going to have to really think about as we're moving forward and technology gets so much more sophisticated. Yeah, there's really interesting stuff. And you've got some articles here that we can link into the show notes so that our listeners can read through it. It's fascinating information. Now, we've got a cool call to action today. Kami, what is our call to action for our action takers? Yes, you got to take action, guys, or this doesn't really mean anything. So what we want you to do is to go out and maybe you already have one and share with us a brand that you think is doing a really great job of humanizing itself on social media and tweet it to us using our brand new hashtag, which we finally have that I love so much more, which is CTC podcast. That's Communities That Convert, CTC Podcast, hashtag. So we hope that you will do that and also join us in our community. And I would tell you, you have to come and join our Facebook community. We have so many amazing things coming up planned that you will only get if you're inside the community. We had a a top secret interview today, which I won't even tell you who it was, but we're going to start putting really cool things in the community that we don't talk about here on the podcast as well. So definitely go to our Facebook community, which is at the bottom of the show notes. All you have to do is click through and join and our call to action, our secret password, secret word, secret word is action. 
action. Yeah. If you just put action Ooh. in, that gets you in. So we want you to join you us on Facebook. It, if you tattoo it on your body, you get extra credit. Yeah. Send us a picture, tweet it to us. And uh, yeah, you're, you're going to get an A plus. Even if it's in Sharpie, I'll take that. Actually, that'd be cool. We're going to do a little campaign, Sharpie action, CTC podcast, and then like action in quotes. That'd be kind of oh, cool. Oh, definitely. I have some people who worked at Sharpie once. I'll have to work that through. Anyway. <laughs> Thank you guys for listening. We enjoy doing this podcast for you. All right. Take care. See you next week. Bye. Hey, this is Madeline. And I want to let you know, you can connect with us on our website at communitiesthatconvert.com. You can get all the information in the show notes for this episode. And we also encourage you to visit us on our Twitter profiles. You can reach out to me at Madeline Sklar. That's spelled M-A-D-A-L-Y-N-S-K-L-A-R. And also to Cami. Her Twitter handle is at CamiChat, and that's spelled K-A-M-I-C-H-A-T. We look forward to hearing from you. Thanks for listening to the Communities That Convert podcast with Madeline Sklar and Cami Hoiza, where you learn how to build a tribe of raving fans. Stay in touch with Madeline and Cammie through their website at communitiesthatconvert.com. Communities That Convert.